Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. After Villa's rotten, no good start to the season, who could have foreseen such a battling draw against Premier League champions Manchester City this weekend? We'll get to that in a moment. Plus, get ready to feel the heat later as George faces up to the spicy question. Well, George, how unusual this is. I am sitting in the presenter hot seat this week while you get to play the role of all Villanofilla's very own Graham Sooners, our resident grouchy pundit who has a random problem with Paul Pogba, perhaps. So, how have you been, George? I've, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good, Frankie. Yeah, I've been good. I've been, um, well, both of us actually have been away this weekend, hence mm. the uh, lateness of this particular show uh yeah. you are <laughs> of all i mean this this is just this is classic isn't it as as many of our perhaps more uh, frequent listeners might know i i live in cardiff now and you were actually in cardiff i was one weekend i wasn't in cardiff i was stalking um, you and my stalking yeah, plans I, failed well exactly i think i got i got a heads up that you were on the way so i quickly <laughs> made my uh made my plans to move to move on um yeah. but i was actually i was actually in greece for work uh, but you were in Cardiff to see um, to see Clash of the Castle, this big wrestling event. How how was it? You know, what happened? Oh. You probably about it. WWE. I tell you what, like, so Cardiff isn't like the biggest city in the world. No. So, like, it's for a capital city, it's surprisingly like quite small, and you know, everything's kind of close together. And um, basically, sixty five thousand WWE wrestling fans all all gathered together, and it was like this really excitable, happy joyous occasion where the entire city was taken over by just people in like wrestling outfits costumes and it was kind of one of the wrestling's one of the things i think that like people have a lot of nostalgia for particularly people of our age and like you could really sense that there were a lot of people sort of from our sort of generation all there and they probably don't we don't often get to talk to people who watch wrestling right it's you know it's it's quite like niche to, to talk about but to see everyone gathered together, to know like, oh, we're all into it. We're all, you know, seeing people walking around with the belts. It was amazing. And the event itself at the Principality Stadium, what used to be known as Millennium Stadium, like, you know, the, the scale of the event, it was absolutely amazing to see live. Mm. Like it was a proper like, like WWE, like, you know, they, they just have this ability to do it like a Super Bowl halftime show, you know, the scale of it, the lighting, the presentation. It was just an absolutely awesome, like, experience. And, you know, the the thing I really enjoyed was just, like, you know, seeing people just in a good, happy, festival-like mood. Like, there's something really infectious about that. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I had a, had a great time. And, you know, like, so it, it, it meant that instead of seeing Ollie Watkins beat up Man City defenders, I just got to see wrestlers beat each other up instead. So it's the first Aston Villa game I have missed in a very, very long time. Um, but uh, but George, you did see that game. I did, I did. Well, this is the thing. So I so so you were in Cardiff. Yeah. I was in I was in Greece, and I remember I was sitting on a flight uh at Athens Airport. Which was delayed by two and a half hours, and I and I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't even in the departure lounge or anything. I was like on the plane, stuck mm. there for two and a half hours before it even took off. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, "What is going to feel worse? Is it this, or is it following the updates of Erling Haaland's, <laughs> you know, third yeah. ha- third hat trick on the bounce uh, against the mighty Villa?" But um, 
once we took off, I managed to actually find a, a stream for it and mm-hmm. I was watching it. And you know what, Frankie? I feel like we have an identity now, or at least we're showing glimmers of an identity because in previous shows we've talked about since the start of the season, like what are we as a club, you know? Yeah. What yep. are we doing? Where's, you know, what's our formation? What's our sort of identity, our, our sort of uh, our personality, as it were? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and this was the first game of the season where I actually got, got a feeling that we were, we were showing some of that. Okay. Now, obviously, like Man City had, as you would expect, huge chunks of of the ball huge amounts of possession 73 percent possession i think you saw yes yeah it was it was humongous but then but then they are man city and they do even against the best teams they play mm-hmm. they're expected to control play and control the ball so that wasn't anything that i wasn't expecting obviously yeah um but we showed character which we haven't shown in previous yeah. games yeah we showed resilience um, I think particularly once we conceded, there was a feeling where I was like, oh, God, OK, oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Floodgates open. Yeah. Um, but but no, we, we we stuck firm. And uh, and, you know, that goal from from Bailey, I mean, brilliant bit of play from Ramsey, who yeah, hasn't fantastic. really started the game. Uh, sorry, the season particularly well. A lot of criticism for for him. You know, he's obviously still a young player. So a lot of it is is, is undeserved. Really, he's still developing clearly but he, he showed a lovely kind of turn of pace to feed the ball across to Bailey and uh, an amazing first time finish from from Bailey and it really lifted the roof off hmm. um off Villa Park um and yeah I think honestly genuinely we were good value for that point hmm. and um you know obviously it, it does protect Gerard a bit it gives him a bit more wiggle room now with games against uh, Leicester and Southampton the next two games yeah um but yeah, I mean, across the park, it was it was really really good stuff. I thought Ming, Ming's best game of the season. Uh, I read that. Yeah, he that was he was he was excellent. I mean, obviously, coming up against Erling Haaland is no easy feat, clearly. Mm. Um, but he he was he sort of stuck to him manfully, and uh, it was very much, I guess, like uh, like WWE. You probably saw <laughs> something similar yeah. physically at uh, at the Principality. Um, well, lots of wrestling to the ground and stuff, but but. But you know he he did his job really really well I thought. Well, the, well the, um, the funny thing was like in in the stadium like because there were so many people gathered there the, my four G just wouldn't work. So yeah. I like, <laughs> yeah 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 I couldn't get internet and then like at some point it it just came on during the the event and I'm just there mm. going like kill him kill him <laughs> and then look at my phone and it's just like going crazy with all these Villa fans like saying, can't believe we got the draw. Can't... I was like, Villa drew. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Coutinho, you know, non-goal um, could have potentially won it. I mean, absolutely amazing. I mean, let's face it, like it, it came out of nowhere, right? You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, look, we've got allvillanofilla.com uh, and I've written a couple of things on there that have been heavily critical of how badly we've started the season. We've looked at times a bit of a rabble. And yeah. Arsenal, even just a few days before the City game, I thought Villa had the same problem. Get the ball, can't retain it, yeah. get into that final third and lose, you know, are, are too outnumbered by the opposition defence or just pass back and don't have any kind of cohesion in the front three. Yeah. But did you think against Man City we showed more of that? Yeah, absolutely. We we just we just had a structure. So, so basically... Um, Cash and Dina weren't pushing uh, 
as far forward as you would expect because yeah. you, you know you you'd think you know the fullback city have they would they would massively exploit that so they so they were they were much more defensive and i know we we've talked about this till the cows come home that gerard loves to have fullbacks bombing forward but mm-hmm. it's just for me it's just kind of not it's not really worked in the same way that it did for rangers either that's personnel or it's just the quality of players in the premier league just it it just we've just been outsussed i think when it comes to that sort of particular uh, formational tactic yeah. um and and you know obviously in this game we were playing on the counter a lot there was an amazing moment where Ashley Young who came on relatively early for, for mm. Matty Cash who, who's um, who's probably going to be out for at least a couple of weeks I suspect with a hamstring injury he came on and the ball was played through to De Bruyne and mm. he put in this just just firm Challenge. I saw that. Yeah, I saw the tackle. And it got it got Villa Park on its feet and he played the ball through then to Luis, who played this amazing ball through to Watkins, sort of either needle pass. Yeah. And Watkins that his shot was deflected for a corner and it got Villa Park going. And and you know, it's 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 you know, it's a bit of maybe it's a bit over the top that just from that one passage of play, Villa Park gave him gave Ashley Young and, and the team standing ovation mm. but but it but it, it, it lifted the players and i think i think that's obviously the benefit of playing at home when you've got a, you've got a you know villa park which is which is nearing capacity yeah um to, to get the players playing that extra sort of five ten percent against a team like man city um yeah. and 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 yeah as i said we were just more solid we had that defensive base and it allowed you know <laughs> you know we didn't have too many opportunities but but it allowed players ahead of that back four then to to be a bit more creative mm-hmm. uh you know with Coutinho's effort you know he wasn't offside clearly and I, the Man City players really stopped defending before the ball went into the net so yeah. it's debatable whether that would have been classed as a goal anyway but you know he he's got on the ball and he and he did something where he got in a position to shoot on, on uh, Edison's goal so yeah I think I think for me that's kind of how we should play going forward because it reminded me of the first games Gerard played against Brighton yeah. where it was back Narrow. to basic stuff yeah it was yeah, yeah. just you know it was everybody knew their jobs knew their responsibilities their roles and they stuck mm-hmm. to it and they played really well and i think when you've got good players because we do have good players when good players play in a simple way and they know what they're doing then it shows on the pitch and that's yeah. how i felt it was against man city so hopefully he can maintain that against uh leicester and then southampton and, and you know maybe over the rest of the season well, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, under Gerard, like this, we've had we've been in terrible form. Let's face it, since about March. Um, but against the top sides, we've not looked too bad, actually. Like you consider the the three two against Man City at the end of last season, the two 0 lead, I, I guess. Man United, Arsenal, we were Arsenal, was, Arsenal was quite bad last yeah, week. Was quite Ar- bad. Arsenal's the game that was like the absolute worst. Uh, well, Bournemouth away was the worst, but. Um, Arsenal was, yeah, not good. But then last season as well, you know, the 2-1, I think we lost to Man City as well early in the season, but the second half we dominated mm. them. Man United yeah. came back and drew 2-2. So it's, I guess, you know, it's all well and good fighting against those top teams and all that, but it's it's also the teams around us that we need to start performing against as well. But, you know, I, one thing I wanted to ask as well, so Douglas Louise obviously was linked away yeah, um, with Arsenal, Fought hard to keep him. Seemed sounded like he perhaps wanted to go, which, you know, in fairness, who could blame him really? But um what did you think of Douglas Louise? He started against uh, City. Uh was he was he worthy of the pick? 
Yes, I'm, I mean, right. I've been, I've been, call, I've been calling for Luis to start for a while. I just, I just think with him and Kamara, um, they just add a, they, they just, it just makes our midfield a lot more solid. I know yeah. Luis's natural position isn't as a number six, but he's now developed in terms of his experience as a player with kind of a defensive mindset. Hmm. So, um, for me, he, he's, he's, he he can be a real kind of force as a box-to-box player, yeah. which is kind of the role that he played against Man City. Um, you know, he dropped back when he needed to and, and, and tried to be a bit more forward-thinking when we, you know, the very limited chances where we had to try and um, counter. So so he was great. I'm so glad that we kept him. And I know there are probably some Villa fans out there that will say, well, it's likely that he'll leave for free at the end of mm-hmm. the summer now. And that could well be the case. But who knows, you know, if we, if we if we build on this result and end up having a half-decent season, he might want to commit to the club. Um, I get the impression reports have been very mixed about his kind of commitment to Villa. You know, it was yeah. only a few weeks ago we were reading reports that he was about to sign a new contract. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, deadline day shows up and, and, and we read reports that he's desperate to move to Arsenal. So I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see with, um, with Luis and, and where he is at the end of well, the start of next season. But you would not doubt his commitment against Man City at all. Yeah. And, and and credit to him because, you know, if he did want to move to Arsenal, there are plenty of players that would have thrown their toys out the pram oh, and yeah. been like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, screw this. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit. And and he put a post on social media, didn't he? I don't know if you saw it, where he said, listen, I'm, I'm committed to the club. I'm happy to be here. Um, and he proved, you know, he proved it in his actions against Man City. He was a really, really good, you know, you put in a really, really good shift. So, yeah. um, so you know, I'm I'm really glad he stayed. And I think if he had left, I would have probably been a bit unhappy with how the transfer window sort mm. of unfolded. But I think with the two new additions that we made on deadline day, and the ones that we've already made, you know, it's it's not a bad one at all to keep Luis as well on on top mm. of all that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think you know I think as I said, he just goes to show what important player he is, and he's still, as we keep saying, very young, got plenty of time to develop, and I really hope that he does commit because I think he's a bit of a cult figure at Villa Park, and I really do rate him as a player. Yeah, no, I agree with what you say about Douglas, and we'll talk more on the transfer window in in the spicy question, but um, you know, a lot of talk about John McGinn as well. Um, and I've looked at some stats of the game against City, and it's you can misread stats sometimes, but they didn't look great from what I could see. And I would say mm-hmm. that McGinn, whether it's his captaincy thing or whatever, that's you know, his form's not quite at the level that it could be. Um, you know, and now we've got Dendonkers coming from Wolves. Did, did did you think McGinn was all right against City? Or do you think that maybe he might just need a couple of games out of the team to just let him settle and get some form back? It's funny, isn't it? Like the captaincy seems like a poison chalice, doesn't it? I mean, as <laughs> soon as as soon as Mings is relieved of his duties, he he's he's been great every time he's played. I think you know he's been, well, he's been all right considering uh, our, our our results as a as a team, but individually, I think he's been. You know, he hasn't made any significant been, mistakes. Been one of our been, better players in a, he's been in a one of our better players. start. Yeah. Whereas McGinn has now been handed the captaincy, and, and since then his sort of form has really sort of fallen off a cliff. He was he was fine. He was fine. You know, um, but the, I think the game sort of passed him by a little bit. Right. Um, I would say. Uh, so you know, I think he, he he'll know that he hasn't been up to scratch. 
Yeah. Because we've all seen what he's capable of doing over the past few seasons in a Villa shirt. Um, it hasn't it hasn't gone gone right for him this season. Um, it does obviously put Gerard in a difficult position because he's the one who's decided to make him captain and therefore he's much more likely to start um, most games, which he has done. He started all the games. Um, and uh, and it becomes much more difficult to justify that when he's been playing poorly. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, there are some players that, that need to be played through bad periods of form to kind of get to the other side of it. Others need to be hooked. Maybe McGinn is one of those players that we just need to stick with. Um, you know, he played his part in the draw ultimately. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's got to be a good thing for his confidence. So, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but, um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just hope now generally this, this result proves to be a bit of a jumping off point now for, yeah. for, for, for better results to come. And, and if you look over the fixtures over the next few weeks, there's definitely points to be had there. So we've got oh, an opportunity yeah. now to, to rise to rise to the through the table yeah well george i'm going to put you on the spot and say that you know i've, I've from the highlights i've seen emmy martinez who i love i absolutely love emmy martinez i want to build a statue to him i want to put my <laughs> life savings towards a statue of him um my girlfriend won't be happy with that but you know she's got to deal with it um i've seen some saves he made with some couple of fantastic saves uh obviously um Douglas Louise has been credited uh bailey scored a fantastic goal and uh, Ty- and Ashley Young, of course, he had a great performance mm. by the sounds of it. But Tyra yeah. Mings as well had a great, great show. And so, you know, who for you is man of the match? Um, it's a tough one. I'm going to say Mings for me. Mings, right? I think I think a lot of people might say Ashley Young because of the, you know, it's not easy to come on yeah. when you haven't played that many games and to sort of you know not just not just that that tackle that kind of got Villa Park rocking but, yeah. but just to just to get the, the players motivated to get the fans going I mean he played a really mm. important role in all that but for me because he was given the task of marking Erling Haaland and yes Haaland scored but let's not forget he scored hat-tricks in his two previous games so he and was that ball from De Bruyne was in that form. ball from De Bruyne was absolutely unbelievable yeah, I couldn't exactly. believe it when I saw the highlights like exactly that. yeah it, it was it was more the assist yeah. than the goal that was the kind of the, the hard the hard work, so to speak. You're right. So, um, it, and that wasn't Mings's fault, in my opinion. So, uh, so we can we can scratch that off. But his general play in terms of dealing with him was absolutely right. how you deal with someone like Erling Haaland. Great. And for most of the game, he did have him in his pocket. So, I would say for that reason alone, uh, Mings for me would be would be the uh, man of the match. My, my friend pointed out to me last week that Erling t- Erling he called him Erling Targaryen because he's got a slight. <laughs> yeah. Looks a bit yeah, like he's got that, yeah, he's got, he's got a Targaryen from Game of Thrones sort of look, isn't he? Um, laying siege to Villa Park, but <laughs> no, it's, I was fearing the worst. Two hat tricks in a row, and I thought, oh god, he's just going to love Villa Park. And um, yeah, he got a goal, but uh, you know, he's going to score against any defense in the world, isn't he? He's just he's absolutely unbelievable player. But it, by the sounds of it, sounds like Mings did a great job and. Fair play to Ashley Young as well. You know, his, you know, he's 37, let's face it, you know, and yeah. to come in not playing very much to perform to the level that he did. Um, he has that sort of bite, doesn't he? He has that energy, a bit of a nastiness to him sometimes that I think from what I've seen of Villa this season, and, you know, I went to the Palace game as well, and I thought Villa just quite passive. Yeah. Um, and I think that's partly, uh, well, largely down to tactics. 
but also, you know, players seem a bit passive. And Ashley Young just having a little bit of drive, having a bit of passion. You know, it's very basic stuff. It's very like Sunday League, you know, passion and all that. But sometimes you need it, don't you? Yeah, um, you do. And we we've shown very little of that in our, in yeah. our previous game. So it's important. It's important to have it. And I I just hope that, as I say, we take it forward because sometimes it can be. It's easier to get a crowd going yeah. against a big club or a club you a team you're not expected to beat. Yeah. Um, you know, but to try and keep that mentality going against teams, you know, like like Southampton coming up and Leicester who are struggling as well. Mm. That's gonna that's gonna be the challenge because those are the teams we need to be beating if we need to if we need to um, if we want to um, get higher up the table. So yeah, and on a on a final note, Super Jack, come home. Those yeah. applause. The little, the, yeah. all the little Villa fans meeting him at the start. It was that was nice. It was a nice touch, and and yeah, I th- I think it was nice for him to get a good reception because obviously you know last season I think people were still a bit raw and a bit bitter about the whole thing, yeah. but I think largely now as it happens in football, um, as the weeks and months go by, you you start to obviously your opinions start to change, and and ultimately is you know he's a massive Villa fan, and uh, you got as a yeah got a good reception, nice moment with him and Mings meeting up and stuff uh so um yeah time we'll will be one. a healer time will be time, a healer time, for those fans is, I, I, just, I never turned on him i just think yes gutted he went absolutely gutted but but come on you know the memories with him i, I want him to come back one day all villa no filler on youtube twitter facebook and instagram Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. Things are about to get very hot and heavy here on the All Villa No Filler podcast as I ask this the spicy question. And George, I'm asking you today, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rate Aston Villa's transfer window? Well, we, you know, we did touch on this a bit earlier in the show. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it's difficult to judge based on just the window uh, and not, you know, the games, obviously, over the course of the season that the players will play in. But on the basis of what I have seen from the players, yeah, you know, given where we are on the table, it's, it's um, you know, it hasn't been, hasn't been great, uh, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Um, but there's also been a bit of bad luck. We can obviously talk about Carlos's injury. Yeah. So it's very difficult to rate him. So, um so there's the question mark over over Carlos, but I think Kamara has been brilliant. I really do. I think yeah. he's come in and 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 you know, given how poor we've been, I think consistently he's been one of our better, if not the I best player best. we've had yeah. uh, in the games we played. Um, so that's that's really encouraging. Um, so so I've been really happy with him. And then the other players, they've kind of they kind of they're just sort of squad fillers in many ways aren't they i mean mm. you've got augustinson hasn't hasn't featured at all has he i don't think all, um no. I, th- I think he was due to play against bolton but i think there was either an injury or illness that prevented him from uh his involvement in that game so we haven't really seen him and then um olsen is understudy to martinez so we haven't mm. seen him um and then i'm trying to think of who else bednarek and and uh Dunker obviously signed on deadline day so we haven't seen them so yeah, very difficult for me to judge. I mm. would say I would say purely on the balance of names and performance, I would say a six. Yeah. Um I'm quite glad 
with Dundonka, I know there's a few Villa fans that were like... He's a decent player. He's for 50 million. He's a 27-year-old Belgian international, and he gives us in midfield that, that height and that physicality that yeah. we've always talked about lacking. I mean, with Kamara, you know, he's he is... He is a physical player, absolutely. But he's but in terms of his stature, he's quite small, or at least very similar to the other players we have in midfield. The mm-hmm. Donker is much more of a physical and physically imposing midfielder that we don't have. So I'm quite intrigued to see how he well, fits into the. Do we do we do we change shift formation at some point and have Dendonker and Kamara playing as a two together? Would that work? I don't know, but yeah, uh, Kamara's possibly. distribution suggests to me that he could be the more progressive of the two if they ever decided to go with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it gives us options. I mean, ultimately, I think that the point of the season was, sorry, that the transfer window was to build the squad up, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of you know make us much more competitive when players are out of form or. Or fall ill, or or, or, oh, yeah. or you know there are fitness issues there. You know we have players that can come in and do do a, a decent job. So yeah, on that on that basis, as I say, probably about a six. Yeah. Um, no more, no less. What about you? How do yeah. you? How do you? I think a couple of the names you mentioned, Augustinson, Olsen, uh, yeah, the squad players, but also you know they've got a lot of international experience and have played to a high, you know, Bundesliga and Serie A. So you know these. To have like squad depth like that with players who aren't necessarily featuring too much is actually you built a pretty strong squad. Mm. Um, and Bednarek, you know, fine, you know, he's Premier League experience, he's ready made, he's, he's tall, uh, gives another option. Which it, tragically, Diego Carlos got that Achilles injury, and he's, um, al- he's alone as well. You know, yeah, if exactly. it doesn't work out, then then it's you know, it's no no issue, is it? Yeah. Um, and uh, Dendonka, we'll wait and see. I don't know how he fits in just yet. We, I just want. With Kamara there, I, I want to see kind of what Gerard has planned for him. But I do mm. like the con- the concept of it, as you say, is physical, ready-made Premier League player. He's, he plays like over thirty games, four seasons in a row now for Wolves, I think. So yeah. good, that could be a good signing. I think it gives a it gives a different dimension, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you look back on the start of the transfer window started really well with Kamara coming in. Fantastic signing, I think, Kamara. I'm really happy with what we've seen from him so far. His distribution is excellent. We particularly saw that mm-hmm. against Everton. His tackling and distribution is really good for a deep-line player. And I dare say he might be someone that, like, you know, the, the top four clubs, those sorts of teams, might it. be keeping an eye on. Yeah. You know, French international. Uh, we'll see how he develops this season. You never know, could lose form. But so far, so good for sure. Carlos, I think, was a, that added bit of bite and physicality that we needed, and it's such a shame he got the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Maybe we're back before the end of the season. We we hope and pray. Um, but then otherwise, something I slightly fear, uh, you know, we were linked with Ishmael Asar. Uh, you know, fair play to the board or Gerard or whoever it was, if they felt there was something about him that they didn't want, if there was some sort of financial demands that they felt, Do you know what, this isn't the attitude I want at the dressing room. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. His talent doesn't seem like it's really in question. He does seem like he's a he's a he's a very very good player. Although, you know, I spoke to a Watford fan about him, and he said that he was injured last year and wasn't was really off the boil for large after that injury. So, we'll see how he goes this season in the championship. But I do fear slightly that if Bailey's out as he was last season for large periods, do we have that bit of pace on the wing? No. Um, so 
that's a dimension to the team that I think we might be screaming out for at one point. At some point, if Bailey's out for any period of time, and even just having one player like that, you know, if you could just have two on either side, it might be able to just be like let's let's approach this game with two pacey wingers, skillful wingers. We don't have that option, so yeah. that might come back to bite us. Um, but you know, they solved the CDM issue, and they solved the central defensive issue, but it unfortunately seems to have been buggered up a bit. But, you know, um, overall, I'm sort of veering towards you. Six and a half, I think. Um, but Yeah, six and a half. But, you know, in a couple of months' time, I might be saying, looking back on it and going, you know, actually, that was an eight. Well done. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's, let's, hope, let's hope it's nearer the 10 mark. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next league game. It's Leicester City away this Saturday. Oh boy, George, is this a relegation six-pointer already? Uh, no, no. I mean, actually, well, I, I tell you what. It actually, it could be. Um... It could be for Leicester. Uh, they looked really, really, uh, really, really ropey against Brighton. I don't know if you saw any of that game, but did, um, yeah. they look a team that are really in trouble. Um, and just Leicester as a as a club, clearly, like you know, I mean, we talk about Villa over the last few weeks being a been a bit being a bit of a crisis club. I think Leicester sort of really are. Um, you know, the owner coming out and saying that. You know, these are the financial realities of the of the club. I mean, they've made a mm. huge investment in their training facilities and their, um, you know, uh, that side of things. And um, they're selling their very good players. I mean, for Farner going, I mean, he's he's a brilliant centre half. Um, mm. So so all is not well uh, at um, the King Power for sure. But mm. um, you know, they've they've still got they've still got quality in their ranks. Uh, Madison yeah. started the season quite well. Uh, you know, he's 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 one of their sort of key players. You know, Vardy's probably he's been struggling, I think, in recent in recent months. So so, mm-hmm. so they're not they're not the best up front. And and defensively, you know, Danny Ward is he is he a Premier League keeper? I'm not so sure based on some yeah. of his performances. I think they played in Didi as a centre half. Yeah. Uh, against Brighton, which didn't work at all. Um, so they're up to be got at. And I'm really hopeful, as I said at the start of the show, that this points that we got against City mm-hmm. um, can give us the confidence to go to go to Leicester and be like, right, okay, we are the favourites here. Let's go and let's go and show that. I mean, the one yeah. fear I have is Rogers goes and there's a new manager bounce and mm-hmm. um, you know, the King Power's oh, rocking when, when we turn up. But have to pay him a lot of money to let him go. Yeah, there were reports of what an eight-figure sum or something in compensation. I was reading today to mm. Rogers if they do decide to get rid of him, which is a you know, it's, can they you know, can they afford that if they're talking about this is like financial it. problems? No, so and it's it's a weird one because Rogers as a coach, you know, he's got a track record of being a very good coach. You know, he won the FA Cup with with uh, with Leicester. They reached um, the semi-finals of the Conference League, didn't they, last season? Yeah. Um, so. Um, you know he he's a he's a good he's a good he's a good manager, but obviously if he's losing quality players uh, and not replacing them, then that's a problem for any coach, isn't it? To try and get the most out of what he has in reserves. So, yeah, yeah, it's a funny one. I think 
Yeah, I mean, so I watched uh, the highlights of the Brighton Leicester game, and um, the, it was the body language. Yeah, really, like worrying, like that. You know, yeah. they constantly argue with each other. Um, they look crestfallen when they give the ball away. Uh, indeed, he really struggled at centre back. He was beaten pretty easily a few times. Though I, I doubt he'll start at centre back against Villa because they they did sign that Woot Faish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reem, I think, and um, I don't. I honestly know nothing about him. I've got to be honest, but uh, he could be making his debut against the Villa. I would have thought if he's fit, uh, mm-hmm. which might allow Ndidi to play in his more natural sort of central midfielder role. Um, but that that body language was very worrying, and that this is a huge game for them now against Villa. Have to get a results. The the I mean, the pressure's on both of us, but it's really on Leicester. At least we have a win. Um, they don't have one yet. Uh, and, you know, I look at the formations and against uh, Brighton away, it was 4-4-2. Um, Tielemans came back in. But uh, against Man United, the last time game was 4-1-4-1. Um, now, I wonder what that'll mean for how Villa approach it. We seem to be playing 4-3-3 away all the time at the moment. Mm-hmm. Will we change that up after what happened against City? Will we go with the same team that played City? Not sure. It's, it's just very hard to call what team Gerard's going to put out at Villa at the moment. But I would have thought Douglas Louise will start this game, surely. Um, and Mings as well. Uh, will Dendonka come in? Possibly. Um, but yeah, I have a feeling they'll go with a lone striker against two at the back with Leicester. But yeah, and as as you mentioned, the goalkeeper as well. Like you know, you had Kasper Schmeichel there, and he was this big mm-hmm. physical presence. And I, to be honest, I was always surprised Schmeichel didn't play for one of the top, top, top teams. You know, he won the Premier League and FA Cup at Leicester, of course. Yeah, you know. But I mean, like you know, like at a, I don't know, he, he he's just a brilliant keeper. I think, and now he's gone to Nice and Danny Ward there in goal against Brighton. He, he looked like he really struggled playing it around at the back. And he just looked like a. He didn't have the, the uh, the broadness of Kasper Schmeichel. He looked really hard to score against Schmeichel, whereas mm. Ward didn't have that presence. No. So they're definitely there to be got at Leicester. They lost one 0 at home last time to United. Tight game, um, but I don't know. I, I, Villa, we haven't won away yet. We're both in bad form. I'm gonna say Ian Acho scores against us again. Do you think? Well, I think we might. You know what? I've been really, really cynical about Villa so far this season, but that City game surely has to be something we can build on. So I'm going to be optimistic for once this season <laughs> and say we get a win. I think we get our second yeah. win of the season and we win 3 1. Yeah. I don't know, I I don't think... know why I'm daring to dream this, but yeah. No, I, I, I feel the same way. I think we've got to, we've got to do it now. I think. Um... I think I think this is you know our our season starts here. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've 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 had a bit of a, a stinker to begin with, um, and we've got to take confidence from the, the performance uh, against City now and and push on. Yeah. Um. You know we don't really have injury. Matty Cash might be out, but I'm, I'm given Young's performance against City, I'm not too concerned if he does come in. Um. So yeah, I think what we've got to do is is we've got to turn that crowd against them. Do you know what I mean? Start, start quick. Try and get an early goal, and settle the crowd. 
Um, and I think and I think we could we could win quite comfortably. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three nil. Three nil. I, I think we're going to win three. Wow. We're going to win three nil, Frankie, and it will be the it will be the death knell of uh, Brendan Rodgers. Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, you're very, you're very, uh, you're a lot braver than me. Um, I'm. Honestly... I, 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 I know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the. I don't know. Maybe it's the the air the airport food I ate in Greece. Yeah. I don't know. That's doing this doing this thing. To yeah. Me, but like I'm 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 com- I'm confident. Well, this is this is the first time in ages on this show I've been I've been confident and happy, Frankie. Yeah. It's got to me. Look it's at this. Me. It's the sun's got to you. The sun, the sun, it's the sun. weather. The weather just <laughs> got to you, Greece. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, George, I've got to ask you did you enjoy it in the hot seat as the pundit this week? The pundit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if we were um, Yeah, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no Roy Keane. Although I, I suppose over the over the past uh, few shows, I think we've both been about as grumpy as Graham Sooners. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is this is strange me doing this. Thank you, <laughs> I've been, I've been your host, George Zabinski. Frankie, I will catch you later. Later, mate. I've I've enjoyed being in the hot seat this week. Uh, but uh, you'll be back in your rightful place in the next show. Good stuff. Up well, it is goodbye from me uh, and you and everyone. We'll be back again to uh, to review the Leicester game. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs>